Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of OzBiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB. Bit of a different team tonight. Uh, <laughs> we're just mixing it we're up. We're filling in for the week, but yeah. um, we're not filling in. We, we make we're it not filling in, we? no. Yeah, it's Andrew Gagan, joined and by. Annette Beecher is here. A bit of a soggy Monday. I think we're waiting for a bit more direction and there's plenty to come over the course of this week. Yeah, we did finish down today, pretty much led by mining stocks, more specifically gold stocks, which were hit hard. Uh, perhaps not surprising, a bit of profit taking there, plus the price of gold having fallen, But because uh, that sector outperformed last week up around yeah, 12%. Sure yeah, gold actually rallied about $35 last week. It went under the radar, but not if you're a gold stock picker. You had a, a good week, so probably not surprised. A little bit of money taken off the table there. Yeah, BHP um, also down, which it was interesting because it, it was down initially, then it came back up, mm. and we thought perhaps um, – the news today that uh, its joint uh, venture Simarco, with Vale yeah. and the Samarco mine, which, of course, very troubled. Uh, 2015, 19 people killed um, as a result of mine collapse, of the uh, dam wall collapse there. Um, so that's that's been a real problem for them over the past six years. Uh, so they've filed for bankruptcy, that Samarco uh, bankruptcy protection to prevent the creditors' claims from affecting its operations there, but uh, didn't really seem to have a great... No, because we were here at the open and at one stage I think it was down 0.8 of a percent and we thought, oh, here we go, you know, it's it's dented consumer sentiment. But it pretty much came back uh, by the end. And actually a few analysts we spoke to over the course of the day said this is a tiny fraction of BHP's overall operations and that's probably why investors ended up fading the move by the end. Yeah, in fact, we spoke to Michael Gable, Managing Director at Fairmont Equities, in saying that BHP has recently hit new highs, but investors, um, they shouldn't be taking quick profits. They should be there for the uh, for the long haul uh, because he's saying it's just broken a, a major resistance level. So obviously sees, uh, sees uh, continued upside there. I guess that's despite some question marks, particularly over the iron ore price. Yeah, it's uh, the iron ore price has been belted around a bit. As we know, China put that production halt in that Tianjin uh, province and there was, also, there was concerns that that would spread elsewhere. But a few bits and pieces I read over the weekend is that stockpiling seems to have eased back 
back uh, in iron ore. So we could get another ramp up in production. So it seems like we're in a bit of a holding pattern waiting for some news on that front. But again, people we spoke to today said no one really expected the iron ore price to be $170 plus for this long. That is absolute money in the bank for the low-cost producers such as BHP and Rio. Yeah, of course, a lot of that story involves China. Same with another stock, although very different, uh, go from mining to milk, A2 milk, in fact. And we had uh, Henry Jennings on from Marcus today, just uh, looking at the outlook for um, A2, which has obviously been under pressure, particularly as far as uh, exports to China are concerned. But um, it's just, uh, in fact, uh, released I thought it was some- interesting that he thought that the company calling itself a Kiwi company might have meant more in terms of the outlook, but that hasn't appeared to work just because uh, the Chinese trade tensions Mm. aren't targeting New Zealand companies. But he said that's why there's probably maybe a little bit more upside to come on that front. Well, speaking of which, in fact, there's a report out of the US that found the company's A2 protein, which of course, what's the that's what That's the differentiates point of the, the whole yep. company, um, is less harmful than first thought. So that sounds like a negative, but it's actually a positive yep. because it's that combination of the A1 and A2 protein, perhaps it's questionable, mm-hmm. uh, particularly those that might have some dairy intolerance there. Um, so you know, I guess perhaps another selling point as far as A2 milk is concerned. And um, look, we, were sort of, we started about talking about uh, gold stocks. Um, interesting, we had a, had a couple of people on talking gold mm. today. Um, uh, James Whelan, uh, he's seeing uh, certainly a, a positive play as far as gold is concerned. And Peter O'Connor from Shoreham Partners, he, he's calling a, a bottom for the gold really? price. And he's saying, particularly for some of the Aussie gold miners, I, I asked him uh, to name a stock that you know, he'd be willing to buy. He said, all of them. All of them. Yeah. He's that bullish about gold. Okay. Well, then today might be a a buy on dip for some people with a longer view because there's certainly other analysts we've spoken to in the past that think that that gold is the old asset stock. It's a hedge against inflation that's never coming back. And of course, the conclusion then is, you know, buy all things crypto. But I think there's a lot of wiser heads out there saying that the supply and demand dynamics does support gold in the longer term. And that's sounds like what you heard today from these guys. Okay, so we're talking about China, obviously how it's affecting uh, some of those companies' outlooks. And a bit of a different discussion on stock of the day today. Koshi was talking with Nathan Somersundram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor about the threat of rising inflation as it poses to investors. Obviously, great concern about where those bond yields are going at the moment. Yeah, I had a quick look at that chart just before heading in here. So basically, they were discussing the correlation between US and Chinese inflation. The only thing I would push back on is China is a massive importer of commodities and uh, and possibly less so that uh, in the US. But the bottom line here is uh, is... Every equity person is now a bond market person. Everyone's interested in inflation and bonds this year. Well, I guess with those, those concerns about inflation, how it affects the bond price, is the fact that, well, you know, China is obviously the big manufacturer. And therefore, mm. as China's inflation goes up, then manufacturing input costs 
go up at the same time. And potentially after decades of China sending out deflation in the world, we could be looking at some inflation. So uh, let's uh, hear from uh, Nathan and Gaurav. When the Chinese inflation goes up, all the input costs go up. And we've seen that with the producer price index because that's been going up. Yep. And that's actually hit all-time highs. So that's telling you that prices are going up. Now, why has the inflation actually been relatively uh, benign over the years? The last five, six years, the Chinese inflation has been falling. Okay. So that's actually helped everyone bring down the rates. So right. all the central banks, it's not because of what's happening in their economy, because China is literally exporting you lower inflation. So the Chinese mm. inflation actually dropped for the last five, six years yeah. to negative territory, and it started to bounce back. Hence why we're seeing inflationary mm. pressures coming in the US because all the input costs, funnily enough, after decades of everyone telling us China is gonna blow up, Chinese uh, finance guys were telling us in the last two, three months, beware credit problems, beware asset bubbles. And you know, you never hear this from China because China is the other the side yeah. of the coin. Yeah. But be, they've been warning us. There is a big global puzzle. Um, central bankers and economists are trying to solve it. And the puzzle is the persistence of globally low inflation. No one has really successfully come up with an explanation about why inflation has been so low for so long. We used to right. think it was due to the money supply. Um, the GFC came around and obliterated yep. that theory. There's lots of other theories doing the rounds. This one is one I have heard before, but the evidence appears quite good. Nathan and Gaurav, their outlook, their inflation. Is it going in the portfolio? Mm. Gee, I hope not. No. <laughs> we'd, like to, we'd like to avoid it, although central banks are doing their darndest to get inflation up and running. You know, some uh, news we covered today is the already bullish part of the sell-side uh, bankers is CBA, and they've managed to be even more bullish. They've lowered their year-end unemployment rate target from 55 to 5 and next year, 4.7. So they're actually getting in ahead of this week's employment number, which is looking to be another blockbuster for March. I've seen a top of 65,000 for the month. Um, I think consensus is more like 35,000. And the unemployment rate not that long ago peaked at 7.5. The last outcome was 5.8. And I think we're looking for 5.6. So we are certainly racing towards that 5% mark by year end. Yeah, well, that's certainly what the RBA wants to see but of course it also wants to see some wage growth but Annette do you think we're not going to get there until uh, that uh, unemployment figure gets below four and we've already been here actually like the the RBA was already struggling with uh, a very tight labor market and yet wages growth went absolutely nowhere uh, and so I think we, they may find themselves in a similar situation on the other side a key difference this time round is we don't have those immigrants coming in, pushing down wages, even though some of the deep thinking researchers say there is no correlation. There is the perception out there that uh, that, the immig that immigrants do push down wages growth. But in economist world, we're actually coming up to the minimum wage decision and there's a lot of pressure out there to lift minimum wages because that would help the RBA reach its uh, target sooner. But of course, with everyone just coming off JobKeeper, it's a t tricky decision to hand down to already fragile businesses. Yeah, okay. So we'll get a reading uh, a bit later in the week.
We do. So employment is coming up on Thursday. And in terms of uh, round the grounds, I've put it in my view in the COB. We've got some blockbuster US data coming out, uh, inflation and retail sales. We've got trade data coming out of China, which is going to be a blockbuster and that could give the Aussie dollar a lift. And Chinese GDP for Friday, just to round out a five-day week. All right, and uh, well, tomorrow we can look forward to hearing from Skyfire Chief Executive Wayne Arthur as well as uh, Harris Technology Chief Garrison Huang. And well, that pretty much a wrap for this Monday. Although, Annette, I might leave you with a fun fact, and this comes courtesy <laughs> of James Whelan from VFS Group, who has pointed out that more money has been put into the global share market in the past five months than the past 12 years combined. Gosh, well, that's what free money does. Free money needs a home. It's certainly not going into turn deposits, yielding absolutely nothing. So they're either going to the shops or they're getting on the trading platforms. And that is it for Monday. Enjoy your evening. We'll catch you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow.